Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Stuff Educators Should Know. On today's episode, we explore the fascinating pedagogical practice of project-based learning, or PBL. We'll uncover what project-based learning is, who it's for, why it is or isn't worth incorporating into our classrooms, and finally, we'll travel the globe and see project-based learning in action in a few different communities around the world. So buckle up, put those curiosity caps on, and get ready for today's episode. Okay, let's get down to this. What is project-based learning and why should we care about it? Should we implement it into our classrooms? And if so, how does one even do that effectively? Bob Lenz, the founder and chief of innovation for Envision Education in America, defines the word project as an act of creation over time. But PBL is really so much more than that. You know, I really love and appreciate a good metaphor. So let's have at it with PBL. In their PBL Works article entitled The Main Course, Not Dessert, John Larmer and John R. Mergendoller do a wonderful job of comparing PBL to a meal. The gist of the article is this. In traditional classrooms, the teacher is the head chef or dispenser of knowledge and information. Students take it in and consume it and are then asked to complete a project which showcases or reflects their understanding of concepts taught throughout the unit. This they refer to as a dessert project. Ugh! My heart almost stopped as I realized how guilty I have been of dishing out dessert projects to my students. Also, I love dessert. Who doesn't? But as a parent, I would never, or very rarely, let my children just eat dessert and call it a meal. I know dessert, though delicious and flavorful, is not a well-rounded, nutrient-dense, stomach-satiating meal. So just like actual dessert, We as teachers can't rely on dessert projects to produce or showcase deeper learning. Rather, Larmer and Mergendoller look at project-based learning as the main course. We might even stretch to say PBL, if plated properly, is in fact the whole learning meal, dessert included. In his book, Transforming Schools, Lenz goes on to define project-based learning as a teaching approach, a mindset, and a framework for teaching skills and content goes on to say that high-quality PBL should include the following key components. An inquiry, a demonstration of key knowledge and skills, academic rigor in alignment with standards, timelines that may be short or long, an engaging launch or hook to grab students, applied learning that they can take on to other experiences, have an authentic audience in mind, and results in high-quality products or performances. In their book, In Search of Deeper Learning, The Quest to Remake the American High School, Jalmeta and Sarah Fiennes attribute deeper learning to four qualities. Mastery, identity, creativity, and community. Project-based learning takes time, and when done correctly, can lead to that deeper thinking and acquisition of 21st century skills. These skills include, but are not limited to, critical thinking, communication, creativity, problem solving, perseverance, or what we like to call grit, collaboration, literacy, numeracy, and technology, just to name a few. Now, if we circle back to that meal metaphor of project-based learning, we might actually be better thinking of students as the chefs in the learning process. The problem or essential question is the recipe that they need to figure out and create from scratch. The teacher acts as a sous chef, supporting the student by keeping them on schedule, supporting the student by um, redirecting focus if necessary, or helping troubleshoot problems that are likely to arise along the way. 
When it's ready, the final dish, the product or performance, gets served up to the hungry diner, in this case, the greater community, which may be the local school community or the broader community. So who is project-based learning for? Which students, which teachers, is it for everyone? In doing my research for this episode, I came across students of all ages from pre-K through to the senior years. While the level of complexity varied based on the age group, the overall elements of PBL were evident and appropriate at each grade. Now, let's take a look at a few classes, programs, and schools around the world who seem to have figured out how to dish up some rich, meaningful PBL. Winooski, Vermont is a town with a population of approximately 8,000 residents. There, a group of 40 grade 6 students worked for eight weeks on the Dumplings Project. And I promise, not all of my examples revolve around food. The hook or grabber of the project started by asking students to notice and wonder about a heat map of projected global food production in the year 2050. Students were shocked when they noticed the change in global food production. As a result, they helped to frame out a hydroponics project. This, they thought, could be a local solution that was going to be part of a bigger global puzzle. But why grow food? And what could they use it for? Oh, how about herbs and dumplings, they thought. Why dumplings, one may ask? Well, when defined broadly, a dumpling is a dough that encases a filling or dough that sits on top of a filling. What students and teachers soon discovered in discussing some of their favorite family recipes is that dumplings in their various forms are loved by many cultures around the world. Winooski itself is very culturally diverse. The student body alone represents over 25 different nationalities and 19 languages, including English, Napoli, Swahili, Vietnamese, Karen, Moli, Mai Mai, and Arabic. And so began the challenge for students to grow herbs for what they would call the Great International Dumpling Challenge. While it ended in a delicious combination, there was a lot of multidisciplinary rigor involved in this project. In math, students measured the heights of their plants each week. They calculated the mean, median, and mode of those measurements and then handed them off to the science class where patterns were analyzed and the growth of their herbs were looked at and compared under different conditions, including different lighting, temperatures, watering. Recipes were reviewed for ratios to produce the best flavors and costs for ingredients were calculated using unit rates and then each dumpling had a unit price. Students improved their analytical skills and developed greater independence as well. By the end of the eight weeks, they had grown significantly as young scientists, mathematicians, chefs, and communicators. The project also sought to improve the learning capacity of diverse students who in the past had been marginalized educationally. The students learned that food is not just fuel, but it's about community and identity, and that we nurse all of those things when we eat well and when we eat together. They got to enjoy foods from other cultures, which enabled the deepening and extension of connections among students and adults in the community. The Dumpling Project was culturally relevant, helped students build a deeper sense of community and connections, and also applied their learning in real-world contexts. During a final reflection on the experience, one student declared, it's inspired me to be an environmentalist. Wonderful. Now let's travel south to New Zealand, a country that through my research I've come to realize is making inquiry and project-based learning central to their education practices. At Rickerton High School, for example, senior Akonga, that's the Maori word for student, have gone mad for tech and media literacy by creating and running their own learner-led media program, which they appropriately named Media and Advertising Division, or MAD for short. 
With the support of a media studies teacher, students develop their own non-credited elective course in which they harness their passions with media and tech. Though it started out with a film and photography focus, it quickly evolved into social media and digital design. Just like other rich PBL experiences, MAD has a service piece. Each Akanga has found a way to positively impact their school or local community through the media they create, whether that be through covering sporting or social events right at school or creating projects on the diversity and cultures of the student body in the community. While learners in the program speak highly to the projects they've created, it's the acquisition of skills such as communication, time management, organization, collaboration, initiative, leadership, and creativity Hmm, those are those 21st century skills we mentioned earlier, that stick with most individual Akanga beyond the program. The why of their learning is clear. As one learner so beautifully stated, I'm really passionate about my position in MAD because I believe as people who produce media that we're at the forefront of change to come. Hmm, who knew? In order for learning experiences to be empowering and enriching, all they had to do was go a little mad. Finally, let's head to the small Costa Rican town of Cabo Velas and visit La Paz Community School. La Paz, which translates to peace in English, is a K-12 IB-based school. From early to senior years, students spend at least one block per week on a particular experiential learning focus that is geared towards service learning. The CAS, or Creative Action Service Class, is a grade 9 to 12 student-centered program at La Paz, geared towards fostering student advocacy and ad activism by having learners create projects that directly impact and benefit their community. There are so many positive testimonies from students highlighting and reflecting on their projects on their website. I highly recommend you to go watch if you want to feel inspired by some empowered and awesome young people. Two former CAS students, Camille and Majali, discussed the experience of their Santa Rosa School mural project, in which the pair undertook the task of planning and creating a large mural on a local elementary school exterior wall. From identifying the beautification need to contacting the selected school, planning, organizing, and executing the project, the girls speak to the challenges they faced and important learning they lived in leading the project. The project was interdisciplinary, incorporating their passion for art with other subjects such as ELA by drafting up proposals, writing letters, and orally communicating with the schools, and math using concepts like scale, area, and volume to take their design from poster paper to school wall size and think about things such as the amounts and costs needed for tools and supplies like paint. It's through programs like CAS and other grade-specific anchor projects that La Paz students gain profound understanding of their immediate school community and its complex relationships with their family, community, and the world, thus transforming the student into a lifelong learner and active service-oriented citizen. And if you check out any of the former student reflections, you'll see that the recurring message is clear. These students, whether their projects were successful or full of obstacles to overcome, each learner came out the other side empowered and full of skills and knowledge necessary to take on the world and make it a better place. So here's my final thoughts on PBL. From the examples we've heard, it's clearly a formidable form of education with so many positive takeaways and benefits for learners and their communities. So the question is this. If it's so effective, why aren't more teachers and schools doing it? Why isn't it a more widely supported pedagogical approach in our education system today? The answer, unfortunately, isn't so black and white. 
In many schools, we continue to teach the way we were taught as individual classroom teachers or subject-specific content areas confined by looming pressures and constraints like an abundance of curriculum outcomes and traditional assessment approaches like tests and report cards still being very much the forefront and the norm. Project-based learning also takes some serious front-end loading on the part of the teacher. Many teachers feel as if their plates are already piled high and may be apprehensive adding all the ingredients required to effectively plan and execute authentic PBL experiences. Ah, but what about sharing the load? That is, content knowledge, competencies, and experiences with other teachers. This could definitely be part of the solution since PBL requires teachers, like students, to collaborate and work together, to share passions and expertise for the greater good. In my school, I'm very much an island, but would love to explore PBL as a whole or holonomic middle school philosophy. Unfortunately, that currently goes against the grain of our divisional approach, where one teacher teaches one class, all subjects, except for the periphery, all day long. So here's my final food for thought. Up for digestion. Take it or leave it. For PBL to take off, it feels like we need to all cook in the same kitchen, teachers with learners and teachers with other teachers, and embrace the messy parts which are inevitable in cooking and learning to create a rich, meaningful mind, heart, and soul-filling educative experience for our students. It's quite possible that PBL is the not-so-secret ingredient missing in most of our schools today.